27th of June is coming up. That'll be the anniversary of the death of Joseph Smith. I like to think that at one particular point in time, a very valiant spirit was called into the office of our Father in Heaven and Jesus Christ and asked if he'd be willing to accept an assignment, an assignment to restore the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe the prophet Joseph Smith was foreordained to do that. And I think because of his courage and his uncanny ability to stay the course, was obviously very successful in doing so. Hiram Smith, Joseph's brother, said that there were prophets before Joseph, but Joseph had the spirit and power of all prophets. And then Wilford Woodruff once remarked, the people could not bear the flood of intelligence which poured into his mind. And then George Q. Cannon wrote, the saints could not comprehend Joseph, the elders could not, the apostles could not. His knowledge was so extensive and his comprehension so great, they could not rise to it. In Doctrine and Covenants section 135, we understand with the establishment of temples and the Melchizedek priesthood, save the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Joseph has done more for the salvation of mankind than any mortal who has ever lived. Let me just close with a thought that uh, I really, I think is very, very important from Neil L. Anderson. Uh, during a general conference address recently, he said, a testimony of the prophet Joseph Smith can come differently to each of us. It may come as you kneel in prayer, asking God to confirm that he was a true prophet. It may come as you read the prophet's account of the first vision. It may come as you bear your own testimony of the prophet, or as you stand in the temple and realize that through Joseph Smith, the holy sealing power was restored to the earth. With faith and real intent, your testimony of the prophet Joseph Smith will strengthen you against the constant water balloon volleys from the sidelines. You may occasionally get wet, but they need never, ever extinguish your burning fire and testimony of Joseph Smith. It is my testimony that the prophet Joseph Smith was a, uh, was a man who lived up to his foreordination, that despite his challenges and despite uh, the persecution he faced, like the Leahona, he stayed focused on everything he needed to accomplish, and in so doing has provided the opportunities we have today to be sealed together for time and eternity as families. Welcome, I'm Martin Tanner. You may know me from hosting the Religion Today radio show on KSL for 30 plus years and from some podcasts I've done from time to time. Today I wanted to share with you the human side of Joseph Smith to maybe help you relate to him a little bit more. We often hear about the miraculous things that he's done, the incredible accomplishments that he has achieved, the visions that he saw, and we think this is so far beyond us, he's not like me. But that's really not true. And I'd like to go through and talk about some of the things that occurred in Joseph Smith's life that are probably reminiscent of things that happen in all of our lives. And the first one, surprisingly to many people, is the first vision. When Joseph Smith went into the grove for what later turned out to be called the first vision, he was not going there 
to form a church. He was not going there for some great vision that would change history. He was going there because he didn't know how to resolve doubts about himself and questions that he had about faith. Doubts about himself, you might ask, I've never heard it presented that way. He had two questions when he went in to the grove to pray. The first one was, can I be forgiven of my sins? Am I acceptable before God? We all have those self-doubts. We've done things wrong. We're not perfect. Can I be forgiven? Am I acceptable before God? The other question that Joseph Smith had was, what church is true? In essence, questions or similar kinds of questions that all of us have. What is the meaning of life? Where are we going? What is true? Which gospel question that I have can be resolved? How do I resolve it? How do I get to the bottom of some deep issue in my life? That's what Joseph Smith was asking for. And he had come to the end of his ability to figure those out. We're told that we're not supposed to pray about every single little thing. He that uh, prays about everything and does nothing of his own free will is a wicked and a slothful servant. You're supposed to study things out in your mind, resolve them to the best of your ability, and then when you can't get any farther with your own abilities, then, then you pray about them. And that's what Joseph Smith did. He went into the grove and he learned, according to the 1832 account of his first vision, that his sins were forgiven him. Question number one. Question number two, he learned that he wasn't to join any other churches. And his accounts say that after that first vision, he was filled with the love of God for many days. God, for him, was a feeling of love. And that was a wonderful thing for him. He also didn't know, even after the first vision, that something was really different about him. He was a kid. How did he know that other people didn't have visions like this? That God didn't just appear to all kinds of people? As a matter of fact, maybe he does, and we just don't know about it, and he appears for other reasons than just restoring churches. The idea that God can appear to all of us is something that was very real for Joseph Smith. If you carefully read the Doctrine and Covenants in many, many places, you will find, you can see my face and know that I am, stated from the Lord. So, Joseph Smith's prayers, the first vision included, not so different from the prayers that you have probably had in your life. Now to something else. You may like pets. Did Joseph Smith have a pet? Yeah, he had a dog. Dog, a mastiff, a great big dog that was given to him as gift, named Old Major. Joseph Smith even had a fight or an argument over the dog. Somebody said they wanted to uh, shoot it if it didn't stop 
barking and causing trouble, and Joseph Smith got into this altercation with the guy over, over his dog. Joseph Smith could have a temper. He and William Smith had an ongoing squabble over some issue, and it got to the point where William Smith, his, his brother, jumped at him, and they had a wrestling match, fist fight, however you like to describe it, and it was so serious that Joseph Smith couldn't sit down after it ended. He was kind of beat up and bruised, and it was rough, and he was also quick to forgive. After that, his brother William came and said he was sorry about the fight, and Joseph Smith said the same thing, and they frankly forgave each other right away. So, emotions, doubts, concerns, anger, they were all part of Joseph Smith, just like they're part of all of us. Another fascinating event that happened in, in Joseph Smith's life um, came towards the, the very end. And this is an event where he saw at the Nauvoo Temple, essentially, and this was, of course, before it was built, visions of the future, and he talked about those in his final discourse called the King Follett Discourse. It was named after a man named King Follett, who had been crushed in an accident. Um, tub of rocks had fallen on him and he lost his life. And so at this conference address, Joseph Smith described uh, many things, but he dedicated this talk to Elder King Follett, who had passed away, hence the name of the talk. One of the things that Joseph Smith said in there is that we all have to work out our own salvation. We can't rely on other people. And he talked about how that was what all of us are to do. And that word work is something that we all have to do. It takes work. It takes extreme effort to go through life and work out our salvation. Joseph Smith had only one known photo. I know people purport to have ones of Joseph Smith when he was younger on the internet and oh here's a no new photograph of Joseph Smith but the truth is that the Frenchman uh, Daguerre who invented photography only did that a few years before 1844 when Joseph Smith was killed and photography reached the East Coast about a year before Joseph Smith died and it was only in Nauvoo for a few months so there's really only one known photograph of Joseph Smith. And if you've seen it, it has this interesting look like almost three bulbs of, of hair on, on him if you, if you look at it. And the reason for that uh, took a little bit of research for me. What Joseph Smith would do was pull his hair back on the side, pull it back on the other side, and then pull it back on top. And there was a little clip that held it together. Obviously, unlike today, you didn't get to see the barber all the time. So you don't think of Joseph Smith as having a little clip in the back, but often he did. Joseph Smith was a tall man, 
estimates are that he was somewhere between six feet and six feet two. The other estimates are that he was somewhere between 185 and 205 approximately, which made him a very strong and muscular man for his, his day. He was described by many of the people who met him as being very kind and very good looking with golden hair, which today we would call dishwater blonde. Not quite as cool of a name, but uh, he, he had light sandy brown hair. He was someone who had doubts, who had concerns, who had fears, just like everyone else. As you read through Joseph Smith's life and hear about him, think of him not as somebody aloof or unimaginable, but as somebody who was very much like you, because, because he was. He was a good man. I believe I have read, now with the Joseph Smith papers available, every piece of correspondence that Joseph Smith ever wrote. And for those who occasionally hear thoughts about Joseph Smith's character, that he did something for personal gain or with some impure motive or something, I can tell you that's not the case. There is no letter that says, yeah, let's make these Book of Mormons and sell them and get rich. Nothing like that. There is nothing that Joseph Smith ever wrote that I have seen that has some kind of improper motive. He was a good man, a kind man, and one who was close to God, unique in many ways, but very much like all of the rest of us. On this, the anniversary of the martyrdom of Joseph Smith, I want to close with my testimony that I know that he was a prophet of God, that he was a marvelous and wonderful man, but that he's someone that each of us can relate to. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.